thin, pale, and slightly bent, the brilliant physicist Ebna von Braun stepped wearily inside a nondescript building buried in a warren of back streets off the Plaza Conde de Barajas in Old Madrid. Madrid may well be one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Ebner thought, but that entry hall was disgusting. It was dismal and dark. Its floor was uneven, and its grotesquely peeling walls were sodden with the odor of rancid olive oil, scorched garlic, and, surprisingly, turpentine. Breathing through a handkerchief, he pressed a button on the wall. The elevator doors jerked noisily aside. He stepped in, and the racket of the ancient cables began. A long minute and several sub-basements later, he found himself strolling the length of a bank of large, high-definition computer monitors. Here, the smell was of nothing at all. The pristine, climate-controlled cleanliness of modern science. Ebner gazed over the backs of three hundred men and women, their fingers clacking endlessly on multiple keyboards, text scrolling up and down, screen images shifting and alive with video. And he smiled. Such busy little bees they are. Except they are not little bees, are they? He thought. They are devils. Demons. Orcs. All recruited, mostly by me, for the vast army of Galena Kraus and the Knights of the Teutonic Order. The round chamber, one hundred forty feet side to side, with multiple tiers of bookcases rising to a star-painted ceiling, reminded him of the main reading room in the British Museum. Except ours is better. In addition to the NSA-level computing resources collected here, the bookshelves and glass-fronted cases alone were laden with over seven million reference books in every conceivable language, hundreds of thousands of manuscripts, many more thousands of early printed works, geographical and topographical maps, marine charts, celestial diagrams, paintings, drawings, engravings, ledgers, letters, tracts, notebooks, and assorted rare or secret documents all collected from the last five and a half centuries of human history for one purpose, to document every single event in the life of Nicolaus Copernicus. Behold, the Copernicus Room. After four years, the massive servers had at last come online, and this army of frowning scientists, burrowing historians, scurrying archivists, and bleary-eyed programmers was now assembled to collect, collate, and cross-reference every conceivable atom of available knowledge to track Copernicus's slightest movement from the day of his birth on the 19th of February, 1473, to his fateful journey from Fromborg, Poland, in 1514, with his assistant, Hans Novak, to his discovery of the time-traveling, relic-bejeweled astrolabe in a location still unknown, and every moment else, all the way to his death in Fromborg Castle on the 24th of May, 1543. All to determine the identity of the twelve first guardians. Now that the modern-day guardians had invoked the infamous Fromborg Protocol, which decreed that the relics be gathered from their hiding places around the world to be destroyed, Ebna found himself wondering for the millionth time, who were these original protectors, the good men and women whom Copernicus asked to guard his precious relics?
Juan was Magellan, yes. They knew how his relic was secreted in a cave on the island of Guam. Another was the Portuguese trader Tomé Pires, who brought the poisonous Scorpio relic to China, a relic nearly recovered in San Francisco two days ago. But who were the other ten? And what of the mysterious twelfth relic? If it was possible to know, the Copernicus room would tell them. And yet, Ebna mused as he strolled among the orcs, at such a cost. The rush of the Order's recent renaissance, their rebirth at light speed over the last four years under Galena's leadership, had not been without blunders. The unprecedented and impatient Kronos...